History was made on the latest episode of the challenge Rider Dies. But first, some introduction. I'm John Chidley Hill. And I am Sheldon Alexander. And this is You Killed It, the podcast about the challenge. We're going to get to exciting, exciting stuff. But first, we had a lot of listener comments. We had a lot, mm. we have a lot of stuff to follow up on from last week's episode, Sheldon. Yes. And uh, for the people not familiar with the pod, just know that you can message us and we will get back to you or read your comments on said podcast. Um, follow us on the socials, you know, or hit us up wherever you're actually listening to the pod. And we want to read the comments each and every week, and especially back to a classic challenge season where there's so much going on. Yeah, the mentions are blowing up, as the kids say. So it has come out. So last episode of You Killed It, you and I were both talking about how, like, how are Jordan and Anissa partners? How you, in particular, were skeptical that Jordan and Tori had not spoken in advance. Yeah. And apparently they had not actually spoken in advance. This is what both Jordan and Tori have said on podcasts mm -hmm. since that episode aired. Yep. So we had lots of comments. I just scrolled to the first one that came up in my uh, mentions. And it was, and I hope I say your last name right, Scott Mazai? Mazzy? I'm sorry, Scott. Shout out to says, Scott. And he says, not sure if you were filled in on all the Jordan, Tori, and Anissa info. Apparently, Anissa was there the first day with a different partner who had to leave for reasons I'm not 100% sure about. I guess if you look closely enough in the first episode, you can actually see her in the background of some of the shots. Tori had no idea that Jordan was going to be there, and his original partner was supposed to be Naya, who had to be back who had to back out last minute for medical reasons. That's how Anissa and Jordan became partners. Uh, Trina Wilkinson said, I think Jordan's partner was supposed to be Naya. That seems to be the consensus. Yeah. And she couldn't do it. And so they dropped Anissa's partner and made them partners because they're definitely not ride or dies. Correct. Mm -hmm. Eric said, as told in a recent interview, Jordan had an acting job that wrapped earlier than he had anticipated. So by the time he made the decision to go on the challenge, Tori supposedly had already left and there was no way to tell her. Yeah. Yeah. And we got a bunch of messages and Sarah hit me up on Instagram saying the same thing. She also said though, and this adds into um, a little something else for you here. That was a topic of discussion on the pod. Sarah says, so she gave the same, same information that we've been given here about uh, what was going on with the partner situation, which, of course, as always, we greatly appreciated, as well as these other nuggets or just thoughts and concerns from you, the listener, the You Killed It fans. Uh, Sarah says, also, Jordan is actually from Oklahoma, and he either grew up on a farm or definitely doing construction on farms with his dad. Hence him destroying Zach in that hammer challenge on X's. Do we remember that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was, yeah, that that was an amazing a, moment. Amazing moment. One of Jordan's many just incredible moments on this show. Now, she's not saying that the cowboy hat is working, but at least he's got a little bit of street cred with the cowboy hat. Okay. I'm I'll asking you, that. the cowboy hat expert here. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> do you accept Sarah's uh, okaying of Jordan's use of the cowboy hat? I accept that he owns a cowboy hat. I do not accept him wearing it to the club. <laughs> what? You can't wear a cowboy. Why can't you wear a cowboy hat to the club? Sheldon, we've been. That's over your this. swag, man. But it's it makes no sense. It's to me, and again, in fairness, I'm a city boy. It just you look ridiculous. It's so out of place. It would you would you be cool with someone wearing someone wearing uh, like rubber boots, like rain boots, to the club? Rubber boots. What are you talking? I mean, have you seen some of the things these kids are wearing these days, man? Uh, and it's terrible. I'm so mad that <laughs> '90s fashion is back. It's a whole nother, uh, a whole other discussion. There was something I wanted podcast. to bring up, though. I did some research on something that I said last week because okay. I had to follow up on it because you gave me such a quizzical look. I said that there is a track out there that uses the same beat as Nothing by Nori. Mm -hmm. And it's Billie Eilish by Armani White. Now, if you were young and hip like me, you'd be on the TikTok and you'd have heard that song. But it's the same beat. And I request, I humbly request that the listeners listen to Billie Eilish by Armani White and then listen to Nothing by Nori and they'll see what I mean. You should. So do. it's not actually a Billie Eilish song, though. No, the title of the song is Billie Eilish by the rapper Armani White. Does Billie Eilish co-sign this song? I don't know how she feels about it. He's He is using her uh, rather unique fashion sense as like yeah. an example of how he is dressed. Okay. So okay. I wouldn't say it's certainly not insulting, but I don't know that's complimentary. It's just an observation. Like I'm dressed like Billie Eilish. See, I don't know how I feel a lot about some of these things now because uh recent conversation I had with a few coworkers and they're trying to get me to listen to Lil Yachty's Poland. And I thought this song was a joke. Like I thought it was like a song that was an SNL skit. Like, what's a lonely island? Like, I was like, this isn't a real song. I thought they were joking around. They're like, no, this song's awesome. I'm like, this is not. No, sorry. If no. you're, if I'm old and washed because I'm saying that's trash, I'm okay with that. I actually think you would be, you might enjoy this song. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Well, speaking of enjoying songs, did you enjoy said episode? I did. Uh, it sort of ended on a disappointing note, I think it's fair to say. Yeah, uh, but a predictable one. But, I mean, we knew they were coming, but Darrell and Veronica arrive, and, like, I have to say it. In terms of, like, historically best competitors ever, this season okay. now has Darrell, Veronica, mm -hmm. Bananas, Jordan, Laurel, arguably five of the best eight players to ever do it. Like we're only missing CT West and Kara, uh, right? And yeah. Sarah Rice, maybe. Yeah. Like this season sucks if you're a rookie, right? Yeah. <laughs> because, and I wonder too how much of this was done by production purposely, right? Like, okay, so let's say 
because I have a coworker. Shout out to my guy C Brown, mm. who says that he want he started watching the last season, the Challenge USA on CBS, because he watches like those shows, right? Like Survivor, Big Brother. Mm-hmm. I think mostly. I think he's a big Survivor guy, though. That's his. That's his jam. Okay. But we were talking about the challenge, like the regular challenge, and he said, "Oh, I'm gonna watch the regular challenge. I know some of the people now. I understand the game. Blah blah blah." And so. My thought is, did they purposely introduce this season with all of the newer people on purpose to like hook in the newer people? Because we're already in. We're going to be here. Yeah. Right. But then now you sprinkle in all the challenge vets that are coming in to give them more street cred with the new people. But also mm-hmm. to have us be like, oh, the challenge is back. This is all, you know, because if you just had the normal crew right from the beginning well it's already set up it's already this whole like rookie versus thing and it's not really built in but you're not even getting enough of time to like get to know like you feel something for kim and colleen you know what i mean like yeah you're used to them getting thrown in you're used to um annalise and tommy like you had some time spent with them before bananas and company just there to suck up all the oxygen right yeah um I agree. I also like on the sort of the same thought. It is not only is it unfair to rookies that they have to go up against this killer group, but it really sucks for them that the the veterans are in the case of three different teams coming in way late. Mm -hmm. Like this is the fourth episode, fifth episode, fourth. And Dur- Durrell, <laughs> it's funny, it's right in front of me. Durrell and Veronica missed all- so much stuff, right? And like in Durrell's case in particular, it suits his game that he like hasn't had a politic because <laughs> mm-hmm. Durrell's not interested in politicking. Yeah, no, so totally. It's a huge advantage. I also, you know what, someone else added me about this and i'm sorry that i can't find who said this uh or maybe it's a private conversation but the <laughs> fact that uh actually i know who it was it was a d pints off long time listener a d made the point and it's fair so both anisa and nani mm-hmm. long time veterans who've never won mm-hmm. right have both of them now have the best possible chance of winning because they're partnered with Johnny and Jordan. Yeah. Like this is really set up for those two to finally win. Just yeah. like it's set up for Darrell and Veronica to get one last shot at greatness. Yeah. I mean, at least until we get to the first daily challenge which we'll get to but i don't want to skip too far ahead because there's some stuff going on in the beginning and Darrell is afraid of heights which we're reminded of very early but he's also afraid of tori's farts and he doesn't want to stay in the same room as tori because he says she farts a lot and she says wait a second how many people know that about me (laughs) which (laughs) like i mean i don't think we knew that like in terms of as viewers, did we were we aware of this? Uh, I have to admit, I was not aware, and maybe this is common knowledge, but it's news to me. 
yeah, I, I was unaware for sure. Um, we also get some, you know, some the politicking is trying to still go down. You got Annalise and Tommy, who obviously were, I mean, in some hot water after last episode because of their deal. I mean, I mean, it worked out for them because they stayed on the show, right? But Long the rest term, of they're in, they're yeah. in it. I have to tell you, so they like cut to the scene where they're apologizing to Olivia, not Horatio, because he refused to speak to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like him more and more. Uh, but you and Laurel, yes. I had totally forgotten that that was even a thing like the scene began like oh yeah those two fucked up at the end of the last episode like doing too much i completely forgotten about that whole storyline yeah right and and olivia is very you know she's honest like this isn't working right they're trying to to you know make amends and olivia's just not having it and i mean the one thing i will say that kind of like stopped me dead in my tracks like when Annalise popped up in her confessional. Like this happens every once in a while. Like this is a beautiful cast. It always is, right? Yeah. But like when she popped up on the screen, like I was like, damn, like I stopped dead in my tracks because she is stunning. And yeah. I I didn't even like it took me a second to be like, wait, what's happening again here? What's what's going on? Uh not really sure. But I had with that said, the exact same reaction. I like yeah. the exact same confessional. I was like, what is happening? <laughs> like, yeah. Right. And it's like, you know, that's where it also becomes funny because maybe in other seasons and she's not this, she never came off as this person on the show, but that might've been a, per, a way to use your powers, so to speak, to stay in the house. Problem mm-hmm. is ratios preoccupied and Olivia doesn't care right like, nope that's not gonna do anything for olivia but most importantly they're in trouble because your man's ratio i mean he is laurel to make him feel better right i mean i i loved this scene because it was so awkward first of all <laughs> just casually watching your coworker undress you know as you do they're not co-workers come on they're they're colleagues, peers. They're housemates. I mean, that's they're a like generous roommates. description. They're roommates. Come on. But I what I loved was that she went for the shirtless hug, mm-hmm. not once, not twice, but thrice. I that actually, we saw on camera. There's probably more times than that. Yeah, and. I'm not I'm not the kind of guy who typically yells at his TV, but I yelled at my TV last night as I was watching this. Oh, okay. And I shared at my TV, just kiss him already. Oh. Because yeah. <laughs> like the like he was into it for sure. She like they were going for that, like they were they're still in that awkward pre-kissing phase where they're just like touching each other a lot (laughs) like just do it guys you're both adults yeah it's very strange it's very strange also i found strange that amber has been designated as the leader of the rookies yeah sorry former challenge champion amber is (laughs) (laughs) has been designated leader of the rookies and like the rookies and michelle and michelle who is not a rookie as well 
No. There's just a lot going on here. But I understand what they're trying to do. They're trying to show us or begin to show us where the lines are drawn. And there are a lot of lines that are getting blurred, right? Because there's a lot going on here. And we get, and I don't know if we've gotten this in a while. We definitely didn't get it on the last season of the Challenge USA. But even on the Challenge previous, like the normal Challenge, we didn't really get like the hookup montages. And your man's fessy. We are talking about the Fessy rebrand. I think the last episode was actually called the Fessy rebrand. <laughs> yep. And after the rebrand, my guy just back to being messy Fessy. Well, I don't know if it's, I mean, the sheets were messy. <laughs> um, <laughs> but my guy is just, you know, poor Colleen. Or sorry, poor Kim. Sorry. I mean, maybe poor Colleen later, but Kim is just <laughs> in the room laying there. Sorry, I'm on a roll here. Um, it's Kim is just laying there. in the morning, sir. <laughs> I know, I know. Kim is has to just like lay there and watch Fessy, you know, and Colleen just, you know, finally uh, solidified their um, consummate their attraction for each other. Yes. Um, What's can I ask you, Sheldon? Like the move there is to find somewhere else to sleep, right? Yeah, definitely. There's a couch somewhere. There's like those. It's not like those beds are massive, and no. I and I don't see there being a big difference between the couch and like that bed. Well, and just like the simple arithmetic, or go to Fess wherever Fessy's room is. I was gonna say Fessel clearly has a bed somewhere. Mm-hmm. Go sleep there. Yeah, correct. Yeah, because it appeared that there was no one else in that room, right? No. Yeah, that's a strange one. But um, I think, I think, and I could be wrong, we later see, and I'm skipping a couple that we're going to have to circle back to, but I think we see Nelson and Olivia when they hook up. I think that's the same room as Fessel and Colleen. I think they just made their arrival like an hour later. Yeah, I was trying to figure that out too, and it kind of looked did look like, like that. Yeah. yeah, Nelson and Olivia. I'm still waiting to see what's really happening here because there's part of me that, especially the way that this episode played out, as I stated from early on in this season, when I saw Olivia on the show, I said she's doing this for the gram. She's very much trying to like produce her, like she's she's making reality television. Yeah, And this episode almost just solidified that. And I say all that to ask the question, what is actually happening with Nelson? Is she actually in it for the right reasons? So, <laughs> Or is she just, I mean, and hey, I'm not here to judge or whatever. Like, we know what Nelson, Nellie does. Nellie's here to get down. If she's here to get down, cool. But I just mean like, did she just choose Nelson because he's a vet and he's there? Or like, does she actually like herself some Nelly T? That's my question. What I think she think? I think she really likes Nelly T. Okay. Uh because he like he pursued her from what we've seen. Mm-hmm. And I also think just like the way that they like immediately gravitate toward each other, like I think it it's real. That said, both Fessel and Nelly use the phrase love. (laughs) No one's in love among (laughs) these four. Colleen is not in love with Fessel. 
and vice versa. Nellie T and Olivia are not in love with each other. That is like, this is summer camp talk, guys. And like, they should be old enough to know. Hey, they, I think that they really do like each other. And Mm -hmm. I think that uh, obviously there is real attraction there. But this isn't love. Like, they're not, there's no deep connection on, I mean, first of all, neither Nelson nor Fessel have any kind of depth to them. Yeah. Second of all, (laughs) (laughs) I like that you agreed to my insults and then realized (laughs) what a cut it was. I just like blindly agreed. And then I was like, wait a second, (laughs) that's mean. (laughs) But, But like, there's just like, what are what are Colleen and Fessel talking about? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean they're yeah. not talking about Taylor Swift's Midnights. Like they're not. There's not. Hold on, lot. can we pause there for a second? Yeah. Have you listened to that album? Yes. Is it just me, or do all the songs sound the same? And oh I will God. say this: I am not a Taylor Swift fan. I'm not like I can't say that I've ever bought one of her albums. I can't even say that like I downloaded this album onto one of my personal devices. But I was with the girlfriend. We decided to play the album. I was like, oh, "Okay, cool." She wanted to listen to it. I'm like, "Yeah, curiosity." And then after a while, I was like, "Wait, is this the same song, or is, it, or is this on? Is your thing on repeat?" Or like, "Wait, but no, the lyrics kind of sound different, but everything sounds the same." And I don't even know how many so much trouble songs we got through, but I was like, yeah. At at the very least, Sarah Casales is going to be furious with you. I just asked a question. We discussed music here and there. We all have our own musical tastes. Hey, I liked Bad Blood. That was a great song. Yeah. T Swizzle has some hits. I'm not denying her star power. I might not. I mean, see, I was going to take a turn there and I stopped myself. (laughs) But my point is, my point more so is just asking the question, like, do you like the album? I completely agree with you. Every song sounded the same. I like Taylor Swift. Right. Okay. So I'm not crazy. Okay. You tried to like, just hang me out to dry there. (laughs) I I don't like it. Especially after my blind support (laughs) of your slander of Nelly T. I mean, hold on. You you cannot compare Nelly T to Taylor Swift. <laughs> I mean, they're both they both have T's. Uh, I don't know. Taylor Swift. I need my I need my guy LT, our guy LT to to give me to give us his Taylor Swift review here. I um, and I, I know he's clear. all over it. I like Taylor Swift, and Evermore was a good album. She has and like what she's done with Taylor's version is so smart and so clever. She has so much to offer, Mm -hmm. but I'm sorry. Every song on midnights sounds the same. Um, we've never discussed singing in every single one. You know what I mean? (laughs) Oh, now the truth is coming out. Finally. I mean, let me go along this whole thing to let me get all the slander from the Swifties. Right. And then now the truth comes out. I see how it is. I see how it is. Um, what I was going to say, though, is I know we've never talked about this before, mm-hmm. but I've for a very long time had this like angst towards Taylor Swift okay, because she reminds me of the girls from our high school that were just really annoying. <laughs> I'm just going to say that much and just let Man, it go. I'm not going to put you on the spot and ask <laughs> your names. While no. we're recording, but there's no, there's how many names follow up on this. But what do we need? Names? Like there's, I mean, 
what do we need names for? Like, is, I feel like that is enough said. No, like, no, what? I want to know names, but not now. Not... I don't, I can't even say that. I see this is going to go. Yeah. See, I'm going to just stop myself there. This so, is what happens yes. when we record too early in the morning. Daily challenge. Um... Wait, wait, wait. We got, we, <laughs> you skipped over something that we cannot skip over. <laughs> Track five was an actual banger. Jordan and oh. Tori slept together. Were they listening to Midnight? Um, <laughs> why sorry. are you doubling down yeah, like this? <laughs> what okay. do you Jordan think of this move? I'm back. Uh, Jordan and Tori, yes. What do you think of Jordan and Tori sleeping together? This might be the first like um, truth serum that I will firmly believe from. Not the first. That's mean because that's not true. And that's also not true. I shouldn't say that. I really did, though, believe what Tori was saying because she was saying, like, hey, this felt familiar. This felt comforting. Mm-hmm. And I, I can totally see that, right? You come into this challenge house. We know all the chaos that the challenge house brings and the uncertainty and, like, just, like, all the feelings and emotions of the day-to-day life and drama of who's going in, who's not going in, are you in trouble, did you win? Did you lose a daily challenge? How did you do? Are you on the block? Who's in your alliance? All these things going on that when you like to go to sleep at night or you want to just chill, it helps to be comforted by something familiar. And so they have this bond that regardless of what happened, you're in the situation, you can reconnect with someone in that moment. I totally understood that. That made a lot of sense to me. I mean, I get it. Cool. Do you. I'm not much of a backslider in relationships. Like I, when I'm done, I'm done. So this is hard Mm -hmm. for me to relate to, Mm -hmm. especially after a year or 18 months or whatever it's been. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like I'd have a hard time even speaking to my ex. So I just found this to be a curious phenomenon. And like something that I like, I know obviously they had confessionals, but like they spent more time on, Colleen and Fessel than they did Jordan and Tori, not well, necessarily hooking back up, but like there's just like that seemed to me to be more momentous than Nellie T and Olivia or Fessel and Colleen. Well, we didn't have the scene of Jordan or Nellie T carrying their significant other to bed. And Devin <laughs> ha- having his sleep interrupted. <laughs> <laughs> right um the first challenge daily challenge it's a height challenge and this is a weird one this is a very weird one i don't remember what this was oh hold hold on for me yeah. that's what this was called and essentially one partner has to hold on to a bar and while you're dangling did they say how high it was you're on a skyscraper this time 300 feet 300 feet in the air. That seemed really crazy. Yeah. So one partner is hanging on the bar. The other partner has to wait for the person on the bar to hold on for as long as they can. And then before they're about to jump, you, the partner, have to run off the edge of this building, jump onto your partner, and one of you has to be able to grab a flag. And if you have to grab the flag to you know, be in contention to win. And then it comes down to who was holding on to the bar the longest. This challenge is insane. 
This challenge was so hard, and our guy Durrell, mm-hmm. who hates heights, like yeah. Veronica was joking that he doesn't even want to go on the top bunk. <laughs> That's 300 feet is 25 stories. It's a lot it of is, bunks. It's a, it's a lot of bunks. <laughs> and I also, like, people did really badly at first. Like, the first six teams were disqualified because they couldn't grab the flag. Mm-hmm. It is only toward the end that anyone started to, like, display any kind of strategy. Yeah. Yeah, There's you could that. tell that people didn't have the strategy down. And, you know, it was Norris in her confessional. And after watching the first couple people go that said, hey, we have a plan. You know, most people to that point were having the men hold on and then the women run and jump on to the men mm-hmm. and then trying to grab the flag. And this isn't so much about the men or women's side of it. It's more so about body weight. And, you know, having the heavier person be the one to run and swing and jump onto the person holding onto the bar creates more momentum, which would carry you closer to the flag. Nuri seemed to figure that out and was very happy to keep that to herself for the for the most part. Right. Until towards the end. But I will say that. Got to give credit to Kim and Colleen, because I thought Kim, he had a good idea. Yeah, they just didn't execute it right. No, I think I, starting the swing, you have to time it with your partner better. But I think that was actually the right idea. I a hundred when they said that they were doing that, I was like, oh, like this mm-hmm. could work because even with his swinging, he was getting pretty close mm-hmm. to the flag. Like he probably, if he'd continued that, he probably could have turned and grabbed the flag himself. Yeah, but. Colleen got a little scared as she ran, like she like gave it the stutter step and it threw mm-hmm. off the timing. Yeah. If she'd really committed to it, I think they could have really done something. Yeah. Um the first team to successfully do it was Jordan and Anissa. And for people again, because they they, you know, you don't want to keep bringing this up because, you know, first off, like there's absolutely no reason to differentiate Jordan from anyone else because he's keeps proving time and time again that he can do everything that everyone else can. And in most instances, better than most people. But yep. I feel like reminding people who might be new to this show because they don't talk about it nearly as much, but Jordan has one hand. Yeah. And- I had the exact same thought where I and like, you know what it was? He was reaching it. He obviously he was the one that grabbed the flag. He was reaching out with his good hand. And I thought, he's hanging on with his bad hand. Like, he's hanging on to Anissa with his bad hand. Mm-hmm. They later said that she also was, like, holding, holding him up. up. Yeah. Yeah. But even still, just like, like, I mean, you said it perfectly. I don't want to belabor the point that he's disabled. But the things that he can do mm-hmm. with only one hand, it's incredible. Yeah. Like, he is, he may be disabled, but he is on equal footing if not better than everyone else, because he's so athletic and he's has such a good attitude about like, I'm going to be solution oriented. I'm just going to find a way to make this work. Yeah. Given what I'm dealing with. Like and it's he amazing. always does time and time again, no matter what the challenge is or the elimination is like, he just, you know, has, he just knows a way to get the job done. And in something like this, 
it's just another great performance from Jordan. And he swung on to Anissa. She held on to him. He, they were the first ones to get it done. Um, yeah, I mean, I honestly thought that this challenge was so hard. I didn't know if anyone else would actually be able to do it until we found out the other team that was able to do it. And that was your man's Nelly T and Narice. And the 54 daily challenge losing streak is now over. That is a lot. It's it's so much. Like, that is a lot. 54 daily challenges. That's the losing streak that Nelly T was on. And we were talking about it, I think, a couple of weeks ago about oh, well, it has to end or else they wouldn't keep bringing it up, right? Yep. The assumption is that it would end at some point. I didn't think that it would end in this challenge, and I didn't think that it would end this soon in the season, right? We're four episodes in. I thought they, they would have rode this out a little longer. But on top of that, we had a scene from Nelson earlier in this episode where he was talking about not trying to win. Yeah. <laughs> so I found that part pretty funny as well, <laughs> that he wins when he's not trying to win. I find well, that hilarious. You know what I think the difference was? Well, I know we know we all know what the difference was, but Nerese. Yeah. Because he like Nelson, part of his problem is that he doesn't focus. No. Right? Like he he gets real worked up about things. And we even saw it earlier this season where he was showboating when the on the one where they had to like swim out and then climb up and then they had to like balance on the thing in the middle. Yeah. He was like high stepping out there. Like he gets or like when he said, I'm not gonna race out ahead of my partner, and then he immediately raced out ahead. Like he gets like too excited by the moment mm -hmm. and Narice coming up with the strategy and having the presence of mind. To be like, but I'm not going to tell anyone. Mm -hmm. Made the difference. She just, she just needed that, like sober second voice. He just needed that sober second voice to be like, "Hey Nelson, let's just take a breath." And like, it also speaks to the fact that the people that he has been partnered with in the past were not capable of being like, "Hey, let's be smart for a second, right?" <laughs> like, I mean, that's partly a condemnation of a hunter. Of I can't wow. I have Corey, right? Because mm -hmm. like those are his boys who he's always like they've never been able to be like, hey, <laughs> Nelly, just take a pause, yeah. take a breath, <laughs> and like be smart out there. Yeah, and I mean you mentioned it too, just the fact that the the factor that was Narice, she's the reason for this win, she's the reason for Nelly T ending his losing streak. Um, I, I did find it funny though. And I, I was very, very, very nervous about Nelly T with power. I wrote down, I like, this can't go well, right? Like what is Nelly? Gonna I, be up I was to not here? a believer. I have to. So this is my line of the episode. Nelson says, but do you want this power? Because with great power comes great responsibility. Shout out to the Spider-Man. And then he goes, and I'm not a very responsible guy. <laughs> and I just, I, you know, we love a self-aware king on mm -hmm. this podcast. Mm -hmm. You know, we love someone who knows their limits. So shout out to Nelson for knowing 
that his greatest weakness is between the ears. Like, <laughs> I'm glad he knows this, and it's just like, yeah, he he's he he's now, and we just spoke about this recently. He's become more endearing because he is embracing who he is. Someone once goofball. <laughs> Someone once told me a long time ago about like being an on-air person, right? Which obviously mm. is different than the challenge, but it's still reality TV. So you're trying to figure out, you know, you're on TV being yourself, hopefully. Um, but the way that it was explained to me was the most difficult thing is finding out who you are on camera. And I think you just summed that up perfectly with Nelson figuring out his role. And that leads into the next thing I wanted to talk about, because I thought the conversation he has with Narice on the bed where she's trying to explain, Hey, like, this is my game too. Like we got to make moves. Like I want to, like, I know that you have all these attachments to all these vets, but why can't we just go at them and put all vets in and try to get the vet out. And Nelson has a very like, good and rational conversation with her about you know that's not really the wise move that's not how it works right like the numbers are still on their side and you you gotta think long term right and the long term move if you go at the vets and put them all in and then next week when they win they're coming back for us so the move isn't to do that because also the other part of that is the vets are more familiar with more of the games Right. Mm -hmm. And so there's a world in which not that not saying that, you know, rookies don't win daily challenges is not what I'm saying, but the odds in terms of numbers and the odds in terms of experience are on the veteran side. So they are more likely to be striking back at you next week if you try to make a big move right now. And and Nelson's not saying that he's never going to go at them. He's just saying you don't want to be the person to take the first shot. Yeah, And that is just from experience because we know, <laughs> and he talked about it, how he and Corey and Hunter made their entryway into the challenge and what they tried to do, and it wasn't very successful. I also think that he doesn't quite say this, but the thing is, like, and we, we've seen it already this season, if you go after rookie teams – some of the rookie teams will just shrug their shoulders, mm-hmm. right? If you go after vets, vets who were not nominated will still go after you. Like, yeah. let's say you nominate Johnny Bananas, <clears throat> excuse me, Johnny Bananas and uh, Nani, <clears throat> uh, Casey and Kenny, uh, Jordan and Anissa and Darrell and Veronica. Like, that's a, the, those are the yeah. four that they nominated. I'm just, this is just off the top mm-hmm. of my head. Next week, Devin and Tori are going to go after you, even For though sure. they're not affiliated with those teams necessarily. Laurel and Yak. Yeah, they're, they're going after you because mm-hmm. they'll be like, oh, you turned your back on the. So it's sort of a different mentality that you're dealing with between the two larger groups. And I think as a, as a team, Nelson and Norris really did a good job in communicating with each other. Right. Mm-hmm. And just, I mean, that's what it should be. Cause it's your ride or die. So you, 
have a prior relationship coming in, but it was still good to see because we've seen that go the opposite way where one partner doesn't want to listen to the other, or they feel like, wait a second, like I won too. Why is everything about you? And Norris explained that like, Hey, people keep coming up to you and you know, like I'm attached to you, but like, I'm also here as well. But it was interesting to see her understand that and play that out. And then we get to like, you know, the main crux of what this episode ends up being. And I forgot, I, tr I tried to remember to, to take in what the episode was called. But do you know, do you know what it was called? It was like something like Olivin, Olivin on the, I don't know, but whatever. It's centered around Olivia. Mm. And the reason being for that is because what ends up happening here, Nelson explains that he's in a tough spot, right? Because what he needs to do in this moment is he needs to show the vets that he's not necessarily aligned with the rookies. Mm -hmm. So he has to show some form of loyalty that he's not trying to like draw the line in the sand between the rookies and the vets or between the vets and like separate himself from them. But he then also has to put in enough groups that's not going to ruffle any feathers, which means putting in rookie groups. Mm -hmm. But also a big thing that Nelly has gotten himself in trouble with before is being uh, mesmerized by the women in the house and having that affect his gameplay. So what they try to do here, and Olivia comes up with this plan, is that, hey, if you put in herself and Horatio, then at least the rest of the house sees that he's playing the game and he's playing the game with the vets. But... The other two people they put them in with, if they can make a deal, it would guarantee that Olivia and Horatio are not going home. When they first explained this plan, what did I you thought, make of it? I thought it was so dumb. Like, I thought it was just inviting disaster. And Agreed. I was skeptical right until the dagger pull. <laughs> like yeah. the entire time I'm like there's no way this is going to work like this is yeah. so dumb they're doing too much mm -hmm. it's just like there's no good can come of this I thought it was transparent like I was so against this plan every step of the way and then like spoiler it worked uh, we should say so they nominated Kim and Colleen and mm -hmm. Annalise and Tommy which of course they did Darrell and Veronica and Olivia and Horatio as part of the plan. And like, <laughs> I think I have the phrase unnecessary risk like five times in my notes. It just, <laughs> just seemed so beyond. And what I couldn't believe is, so they have the scene where they're all like poolside where they've, you know, everyone's like looking at the board that has the nominations names mm -hmm. and everyone's chirping Olivia. And they're all like, oh, guess it didn't go well last night. Or like, should have tried harder. Or like, just sort of giving her a hard time. Good natured ribbing. And she's, she, I will give her credit. She did a good job of playing like hurt and confused. Mm -hmm. And they had like Jay and confessional being like, Nelson's a savage. Like, I can't believe, you know, they slept together last night. And then I can't believe that none of these people were skeptical. I can't believe that Johnny Bananas didn't see through this immediately see i think that they did oh, yeah. i think that they did because you're right it's impossible not to see right through right because here's the problem one it's nelson yeah. right 
But two, like, okay, so you you're putting in Olivia and Horatio, so you're you're just putting them in. But obviously, I, my assumption would be that if you go in and you now make the deal where you tell um, the other two teams, one of them being Darrell and Veronica, hey, when we were in the deliberation, Nelson made this deal. He's like, oh, don't worry, I'll talk to Olivia. Like, mm-hmm. wouldn't you see it there? And you're putting now trust in Veronica and Darrell to not share that side of the story. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's a lot of trust there. And at that point, I think people start to see, oh, wait a second. I see what Nelson's doing. And you're just putting a lot of trust. And you're, you said it. You said the most important thing. It came down to the dagger. Yeah. That's it. Because if Darrell and if Darrell and Veronica picked that, they don't really have to stay and keep to that deal. No, not at all. So, I could also easily say, like, I could have easily seen Darrell and Veronica, Darrell being like, I don't know, this ratio guy's pretty yoked up. <laughs> like, <laughs> he got to go. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Because um, they're not owed anything, right? If they picked a safe dagger. Also, question for you and for you know the listeners as well did they acknowledge the fact that you get to pick like if you're the winning team you get to pick who pulls the daggers did i have that correct like the order that the people decide like oh no why did did they don't like you're saying nelson and yeah did nelson and they don't reese like the the winning team do you get to pick the order of that or no because i thought i I heard that but i wasn't sure i was kind of confused by that i don't think they do checking to see if i missed that okay fair enough so so obviously we're skipping a little bit ahead but annalise and tommy are the choices to go directly in which of course like that's that is they're the least popular team in the house that uh, was from last episode. You knew that was coming. And it's just, it's the safest pick. You're ruffling mm-hmm. the fewest feathers. It totally makes sense. So then Durrell and Veronica. I love Durrell. He just like holds his hands over each dagger with his Trying eyes. Trying to feel closed. the vibes. And then he goes, I ain't feeling shit. <laughs> <laughs> he picked one. <laughs> um, and it was a blank one. And then Olivia and Horatio they pick the safe dagger and they decide to save Darrell and Veronica. Then we see that Veronica had approached them earlier that morning to work out a deal. Mm -hmm. I had to, before they showed that there was a deal in place, I asked myself, is that the right move? Huh? To make the deal? To save Darrell and Veronica. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. Because it serves no purpose saving Kim and Colleen. Kim and Colleen have no sway in anything. Clearly, they can't win daily challenges because they ended up in the elimination multiple times. At least you can say Horatio and Olivia, when they don't win, they're in the elimination, right? They're in the Mm -hmm. final four teams or the bottom four teams, but they've won. Kim and Colleen can't say the same, right? They haven't won anything. And so they also have no alliances within the house. At least 
you can say with Darrell and Veronica, you know that they're not going to put you in, but they also have ties within the house. Like no one's going to really mess with Darrell or Veronica, really. Do you know what I mean? Like, and Darrell's cool with everybody. Everybody likes Darrell. Darrell's a person you want on your side. Kim yeah. and Colleen are they're viewed pretty much in the same way as Annalise and um Tommy. So mm. I think it was a good move. And it was um either way, it's like it's just aligning yourself with the with the more uh the better cachet in the house. Let's yep. say. okay. You explained that well. I accept your answer. Uh, so they're playing flipping wasted, which yeah. is uh, your board, your partner, the woman of the pairing, is on <laughs> what is essentially like uh, one of those like lifeguard boards, but they're on a board that's on a hinge, and the man has like ropes, like a pulley system, and has to pull them up so that they can solve a puzzle. Mm -hmm. And the idea, the way that this was designed, is that obviously the man is going to get tired and will have to like pull her up a few times. So the idea is like, you'll pull her up. She might solve part of the puzzle. Then you have to let her down to rest. And then you pull her up. That did not happen for either partnership. No, Kim, not at all. apparently Colleen's not that heavy or he's that strong. He just pulled her up and just, he, looked so calm and so steady and borderline comfortable. He wasn't exerting himself. He was just like held her perfectly still for however long it took. Yeah. And then there's your man, Tommy. Now I got to point this out. And I know you noticed this, Sheldon. But production did Tommy dirty because they showed the same like clip of him looking absolutely helpless like five times like so, they really gave him an unkind edit on this but the fact remains he could not pick up annalise he couldn't even budge her he couldn't get her off the ground and i have a quite a few questions like did they say who had to be the person lying down because it made me wonder like does he weigh less than Annalise or at least there's a world in which she might be stronger than he is. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if that was a thing or how that was uh, set up in terms of it had to be the man or the woman on. Yeah, that's the, a fair point. You know, like I, I don't know the answer to that. Um, the other part though, is you could tell that this was a really quick elimination and they just stretched yeah. it out. Right. So, because even when they were showing, uh, Colleen filling out the, the puzzle. Like it looked like she was done. Like I couldn't tell what she needed to change. Like it looked like it was done to me the yeah. first couple of times it kept showing it, but you got to stretch it out and got to make it a little more dramatic in the edit so that it's not as embarrassing for Tommy. Because I will say I appreciated a bit of the edit because when they showed the other competitors, they were very nice. They were like, very thoughtful of how tough that would be for Tommy because he did a horrible job, right? Like it wasn't a good job at all for Tommy and that has to suck. And I like the fact that they didn't really add to it. You know, they didn't really pile on to it. Um, and I'll get to why after, but I just thought that was super interesting. I mean, <laughs> I, I forget who said it, 
But at one point, Kim starts giving Tommy advice on how yeah, he should bananas. do it. bananas. And just like, I don't think Kim was doing that to be a dick. No. But that is rough. That is yeah. rough when the guy you're competing against feels so confident that he starts like giving you advice. And in fairness... I don't know that Tommy had the strength to do it, but his technique was so bad. Like he kept like lifting mm -hmm. one foot up. You definitely need both feet down mm -hmm. to get as much grip as possible. You know, he like, I know he's not the biggest guy, but like it looked like his rope was shorter somehow. Cause he wasn't using all of it mm -hmm. somehow. Like, yeah. He was also just in his own head, right? Like yeah. once it's not going well and you know that you're behind, you could tell that he just got even more and more rattled. And then it was point of no return. You had no chance at that point. Now you're trying to play catch up. You're trying not to embarrass yourself, but you're thinking about how embarrassed you actually are. Mm -hmm. Poor guy. It just, it just wasn't a good look at all. No. And again, they did him dirty on that edit. They had that one shot of him like flinging his le leg out and almost doing a pirouette. They showed yeah. it like five times. Like it was, it was like America's home videos out there where he's just like mm -hmm. showing the worst part over and over again. I'll say this though, right? Like to me, I feel like there's a karmic aspect to how the challenge works or just oh. how life works. But, you know, first off, the way that what they did last episode and being dishonest, and then you end up in this position now where you get an elimination. That doesn't suit the strengths of your team. But also, I had no idea what Tommy was doing during the daily challenge. Like when Annalise jumped. Yeah. And then he sort of like spread his arms out as if he was at the front of the Titanic instead of reaching for the flag. Like I didn't know if he was throwing the competition or not or what he was actually doing. Like it was just really, really strange. I think that Tommy, like just as I was down on Nelson, I don't think – Tommy necessarily had his head in the game. Mm -hmm. Like I, I think that to do these uh, competition take competitions takes a tremendous amount of focus. Yeah, and I think he got caught up like the bright lights, the cameras. He got caught up in the moment rather than be like, "Oh, I need to focus here. Like I need to come up with a strategy that works." Yeah, like, you know what no, looks good is winning. So, because mm -hmm. I have win. to say. When when I saw the daily competitions, uh, at first I'm like, you know, this could suit Tommy and Annalise. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, it could play to their strengths, but it did not. Uh, I don't think we've heard your line of the episode, Sheldon. Um, so there's a couple here that I could go through. Um, Darrell in talking about the elimination when he walked into the elimination, the zone, um, and there was a chance that he could be going in. He said he likes, he's not afraid of eliminations. He's not worried about going into eliminations. He likes that, but he says, I like eliminations more than daily challenges because at least I know there ain't no crane in that bitch. <laughs> uh, I got another one from Kim right before it started. The elimination started and he said, it's like going to your grandmother's house. It's like visiting grandma on a Sunday. You don't want to do this, but you have to do this. I thought that was kind of funny and just interesting. But my ultimate line of the episode, and I know I've just taken like some time here, but my ultimate line of the episode goes to the host. 
that is the best host in reality television, TJ Lavin, who senses a moment of what was going on at the end and how embarrassing that might have been for Tommy and uses it to make the point that he normally always makes. But he tells Tommy, hey, you know, it's because you're having this like kind of emotional moment where Tommy is crying because of how embarrassed he is and failing so badly in this elimination having to go home. The, the crowd watching, they don't really know how to react because they're trying to like hype him up without like, you know, sort of like pandering him or like babying him in a way, you mm -hmm. know. And TJ comes up and TJ's like, you know, things didn't go your way tonight. But, you know, when you cry because you lose, it actually means a lot. It's because this game means something to you. And I appreciate that. You really cared about the game. And I appreciate that. And I thought, you know, one, we do know how much TJ loves the game. But we also know how much TJ hates quitters. So he really appreciated the fact that at least Tommy tried. He couldn't yeah. do it, right? And it was clear he couldn't do it, but he tried. And I like that TJ found a way to get in his no quitters and how much he appreciates no quitters, yeah. just in a different way, a softer way. I appreciate yep. that. I did have to ask you, is that the worst performance in an elimination we've ever seen? Mm, there's been worse. There's been worse, but like... I can't think of it off the top of my head, but that's pretty bad. It's the one that comes to mind. There was one season where Chet um, from Real World Brooklyn. Chet has completely been ruined for me because I just think of Chet Hanks. Chetana. <laughs> Chetana. <laughs> Sorry. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he, he cut his chin. Mm-hmm. And he quit because he wanted to get stitched up immediately because he was worried he would get a scar and ruin his TV career. Oh, yes. I do. That, that. was really embarrassing. I do remember that. Because yeah. he still didn't get a TV career. <laughs> wow. Shots fired. Uh, so, who killed it for you this week? Uh, who killed it this week is Norris. I think that she did a really good job. She swayed, like, she, first off, Let's keep things a buck here. There's a line where Jordan says, hold on, did Nelson, is Nelson really a mastermind? Right? And he's like, Olivia isn't mad. The vets aren't mad. Two rookie teams went in and a rookie team ends up going home. And I'm like, hold on a second here. Nelson didn't kill it in this episode. Yeah, he grabbed the flag. But we all know the losing streak was ended because of Norris. It was Norris's idea to do all this, right? Mm -hmm. Then it was Narisa's friend, Olivia, who came up with the whole idea of how to not make anyone mad, but make Nelson still have a good standing within the house. I'm giving the credit to the ladies, to the women, because they killed it in this episode. The two rookie women killed it in this episode, not Nelson. Although, salute to ending your streak, but nah, I'm going to give the credit where the credit deserves to be given, and that's to Narisa. She killed it in this episode. Okay, I I see that. I I am going to give my MVP to Nelson. <laughs> I knew you were going to. <laughs> and I agree. He was not responsible for their wins. And there's also a fair bit of luck, I think. Again, it comes down to the dagger pull. Mm -hmm. But 
you and I were both so nervous when we knew that he was in power that he was going to do something really stupid. <laughs> yeah. So I'm giving my MVP to Nelson for not doing something really stupid, which I know is damning with faint praise. But hey, it has been a long nine seasons with Nelly T. We have seen some highs, but we've seen many, many more lows. Mm-hmm. And it's at a point where, like, hey, I'm just I'm just happy for him that he didn't fumble it in some way. Because it's entirely possible. Like, like I said, until that dagger was pulled, every single scene, I'm like, this is it. This is where Nelson blows it. Like, this is this is the moment where Nelson's going to do the wrong thing. This is where Nelson is going to get into an argument with someone who's probably his friend and he's going to tell them his entire plan. You know, he and Olivia are going to end up making out anyway in front of everyone and they're going to know it's fake. Like I just every step of the way, I'm like, no, Nelson's going to blow this because he blow. He always blows it, but he did not So shout out to you, Nelson. You didn't blow it. And that's enough to get an MVP in part because the other options were Colleen and Kim and maybe giving Tommy an LVP. So, you know, you lucked into this one, L.E.T., the greatest honor of all. A you killed it, you killed it, MVP prize. Uh, where, can, where can the good people find you on social media? You can find me on Twitter at Shell Alexander and on Instagram at sheldon alexander and don't forget to like and subscribe to the pod wherever you get your podcasts wherever you're listening just bless us with the like bless us with the retweet share it to your friends get your friends involved in the challenge and in the you killed it podcast because we're a cool hang why not um and you can find me on twitter and instagram at j chidley hill and uh, actually, today, I'm writing about a really nice story about Special Olympics Canada, a very worthy charity. So something actually like nice and wholesome in the timeline. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and until next week, this was You Killed It. You killed it.